Hello and welcome to another episode of the SM Podcast. I'm Nick and I'm joined by Alana and Brett. And today we're going to be doing something different uh, before we've been diving into ideas. And today we're going to be starting a new series called Character Study. Uh, We're going to look at a different character in the Bible. And then the following episode, the following week, we'll uh, tackle a topic that is present in that character's storyline. And today we'll be looking at the character of Gideon. Let's dive right into Gideon's story because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. First, who is Gideon? Gideon is found in Judges, a uh, couple, only three chapters, six, seven, and eight in the in the book of Judges. And uh, Gideon was a guy that may, maybe you don't know about, but he was a prophet. He was a military leader. He was a judge, but he was also self-described as the weakest, uh, the least in his family of the weakest tribe. And I think that's a big part of his story. Um, is that he became all these great things, but he started out viewing himself as like the least and the weakest. Uh, and before we get into where we meet Gideon in his story, a couple things you need to know. First uh, is that a lot of people were worshiping the false god of Baal, as they seem to constantly be doing mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. And uh, there is a group of people called the Midianites, and they had been kind of conquering Israel at this time uh, because... As chapter 6 starts, it says that uh, the people of Israel had not been following the Lord. They did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, it says, and the Lord gave them into the hands of Midian for seven years. And it's within this reign of terror that we first meet Gideon. Well, Gideon is, like Nick said, an incredible character in the Bible, one that I've really come to enjoy. Um, But here as we meet Gideon, we meet Gideon first in the Bible, um, hiding from the Midianites, in doing beating out wheat in a wine press to hide from the Midianites. We meet Gideon there, and an angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and basically prophesizes that, that he is strong and that um, he needs to, one, take destroy the altars of Baal in his um, tribe, as well as we will f- f- so soon see um, how God uses him to defeat the Midianites. So we, so, so we see uh, Gideon, an angel comes to Gideon, and then God, he tests the Lord by destroying the altars in Baal, as well as he, he sacrifices a, a goat and some cakes, and, and he puts it on this altar, and God lights it on fire, and, and he sees that God is the one true Lord. And then that's, that, that is then when uh, he, is, he then destroys the altars in Baal, of Baal. Um, and then in the morning, all the town people come out, and see Gideon, and well, they don't actually see Gideon. They see that all the altars have, are destroyed, and they're like, "Who is this? Who did this? Whatever." And Gideon, they end up finding that it is Gideon um, and a few of his servants, and they try to kill him. Uh, but his father steps in, and he says, "Bring out, like they say, bring out your son, or or that he may die, um, for he has broken down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it." But Josiah said to them. Um, who will, like, if, if that's true, like, who will con- contend with Baal? Um, and, and whoever contends to, with Baal will be put to death by morning. Um, so the, no, one, no one actually does that. They just, they name him. So then Gideon gets this name of Jerubabal. Um, and that is the name that sticks with him um, for the rest of the story. But that is an important part because this is Gideon's, like, this is a lot. I mean, this is scary. Gideon's doing something that could cause him to die, um, but nonetheless, like, still falls through in God's plan and destroys the altars of 
Baal. Now, as this is true, the Midianites then come, and the Midianites and Al- Amalekites, I think that's, I can't, I'm Amalekites. telling Amalekites. Amalekites. I knew I was going to botch the name, so bear with me here. <laughs> but nonetheless, they all set up camp um, in the Valley of Jezreel, um, this huge, massive army. Um, and, the, and the Midianites, I mean, and um, Gideon and his tribes, they realized this, and so they sent out messengers um, from all around the, the Israel tribes um, to, to get the word out and to build this army and stuff like that. And so then Gideon, in this process, is nervous. He doesn't know. Like Nick said, he's, the, he's a weak. He's the youngest in his family. He's weak. I mean, he was hiding from the Midianites already, but God had already prophesied to him when the Lord, um, the angel of the Lord had met him and told him that this was, um, Gideon was going to defeat the Midianites. So then Gideon in the nervousness and the anxiety and the and the and the like, I'm not good enough, God. Like, what? A, like, I'm not. I'm not a military leader. I'm. I'm just. I press wheat. Um, he asked for a sign, and so he puts this fleece on this ground, this wolf fleece on the ground, um, and he says, Lord, like by morning, if there is dew only on this fleece, but not on the ground, then I know that this is something that you're prophesied. So Gideon wakes up in the morning, and there is dew on this fleece, and he run, he wrings it out, and there's fl- dew. But that's not enough, but- Gideon. But the, what's crazy about that still is that he already had the signs yes. from God. Mm-hmm. Like, he's asking for another test, yeah. testing him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even enough. No. Mm-hmm. Hey, but that's what I'm saying. And it, and it gets even better because <laughs> it's so not crazy. even enough again. Gideon then asked God for another sign, but this time, like, inverted, like, inverse property here. Gideon asks for the dew to only be on the ground and not on the fleece. He says, Tricky. God, dry this fleece. I mean, he's really throwing these curveballs at, at God, but, but only because I think he's just nervous as he's like, I'm so unworthy for this journey. Uh, and so then uh, he wakes up in the morning, or actually I think it's at night. Um, Gideon sees the fleece, and it is dry, but there's dew all around it. So Gideon then knows that God is calling him to do this. So now Gideon rings up all these men, all the messengers come, and they get this massive army of like two, 22,000 people. Um, but then God says to Gideon, Hey man, that's too many. You can't. That's a direct quote. That's hey man, he, hey man, he goes, hey man, that's too much. You cannot have that much army. Like this has to be in my name. Like my own hand has saved you guys. Like and so therefore God says, all right, to, to say this. So he say this to the the army. Ask them the army and see who leaves. And so Gideon says, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gil- Gilad. Then 22,000 people returned, and only 10... So actually, there was 32,000 people, and only 10,000 remained. So now he just basically lost, like, one-third of his army. But not a great army to start off with if 22,000 people were fearful and trembling, and so then they were already... And they were like, all right, cool, bye, like, we're out of here. Only one question sent them home. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That that was a real... Hey, if you're afraid, leave. (laughs) Okay, bye. Deal. (laughs) Yeah. Man, it's good. But then I'm telling you, this story keeps getting better. So then the Lord comes to Gideon and says, that's too many people. Like, you still have too much. Um, and I will test you them. And so then he, then he brings them to this water. God says, I will test them as you bring them to the water. And so they go to the water. And God, God tells Gideon to say, everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down and drinks... Um, will be sent home. And so, therefore, Gideon says this to the, pe- the 10,000 men, um, and the number of those who lapped putting their hands in their mouths was only 300 people. So only 300, 9,700 people walked away. 9,700 people kneeled down and put their heads in the water yeah, and that's, drank. 
That's Frank, the craziest like, part of the story. That is the craziest part of the story. I mean, I'm telling you, crazy. And only the fact that, like, who was truly counting? How did only 300 make it? But all I'm saying, incredible. God still uses this story. So now, now there was only 300 people. Gideon has this 300 people, and they were sitting there, like, on this camp. Um, and then he has this, um, this prophecy that God tells him. He has this, and God tells him to um, get these, gather these trumpets and gather these jars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's crazy because you're like, what do you mean, trumpets and jars, God? Like, they need swords and <laughs> bow and arrows. Like, how, is the, how are we going to defeat this massive army of people in this valley? And God says, stay true to me and, and follow that. And so at night, God told them when, and they attacked, and they blew their trumpets on Gideon's signal. They blew their trumpets, and they threw these jars, and it created massive panic in the Midianites. And they, and they all ran around and they chased, they were, they were killing each other. They didn't know what was happening. There was just trumpets playing. And it was at night. Keep in mind, it's like they're just sleeping. They're getting ready for bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they just, then they get chased out. So then they run. They scatter. And, yeah. and Gideon and his 300 people, they, they defeat them. They defeat them. Yeah. They defeated them. He, God used the 300 and Gideon, who at the beginning thought that he was the weakest, like mm-hmm. unworthy. The wor- the, there was two more sons in front of him. Like, why Gideon? I think... That is such a cool story. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. unlike the movie Three Hundred, they don't all die. They don't. All die. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Oh yeah, spoilers. spoilers. If you haven't seen that movie, they don't all die. But I think that is such a cool thing that the Midianites were defeated through God's uh, glory in Gideon and his steadfast trust in the Lord. And so mm-hmm. then, as they sc- as the army scatter and they ch- three, Gideon and his three hundred chase down. Um, Gideon is then asked as they come back um, and they defeat the Midianites to be the ruler. And Gideon turns it down. He says, I do not want to be the ruler. Like, I'm nonetheless, like, I just am not, I'm not, I don't want it. Um, thank you. But who does he pivot to? He says, I don't want to be the ruler, but God is going to be the ruler. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was yeah. lost with you. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> Fill in the blank there. <laughs> I was like, I was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a key part of that. that is key part. He goes, I don't yeah. want to be the leader. God is the true leader um, and our ruler. Mm-hmm. And so they build this if, ephod. If, I said it wrong again. Ephod. Ephod. And so <laughs> it is a, uh, a fleece, sort of say, but they, they made it out of gold for him. And so he, wear, he wears that. Um, Gideon then in that, and they trust the Lord, and they live in God's glory um, and his ruling. They have 40 years of peace. Um, the Midianites are, like, diminished. Like, they live a tranquil, peace-filled life for 40 years. And sadly, what it's, I'm telling you, this is real sad. Gideon then passes away a great life. I mean, dies of old age. They build his tomb right next to his father. Um, all the people then fall back to worshiping Baal, and they build um, altars, and they actually denounce Gideon's name and his family, even though how much Gideon has done for them. And... That's the story of Gideon. In a short summary, it's great read. Judges 6 through 8, recommend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, thanks, Brett, for recapping that for us. Um, it's such a crazy story. Also, it's also entertaining, too, at the same time. Um, but I think it's just so evident through there, um, as we learn about the Israelites, as we learn about Gideon, um, just how, how much they turned their back on God and how much they lived by sight um, and not by faith. And I think that's evident even in how Gideon handles um, what God has called him to do, right? He wanted these signs. Like, he wanted to see sight. He wanted something tangible to be like, God, are you sure that this is what you're calling me to do? 
Um, and so as we pivot to that, um, we're looking at the story and we kind of want to hit on some fear and anxiety. Um, we're going to be going through some of these heroes of the faith, um, talking about their story. And then also um, next week, we will be talking a little bit more in depth about fear and anxiety. But we wanted to kind of break down Gideon and um, kind of what he went through. Um, and so we're, we see in the story as it opens that um, he's just threshing wheat right in a wine press. He's hidden. He um, doesn't want the Midianites to take his um, the the produce, the wheat that he is working hard on. And so he's this this man who's kind of in the shadows, right? Like not this this big person, um, but an angel appears to him and calls him a mighty man. Um, and so that mm-hmm. I think starting out with that is just like, you know. If I was making an army, I probably wouldn't pick him. Like you said, the first right. guy, I'm gonna be like, yeah. "Hey, it's, where's Gideon? Let's get him in here." Especially um, as he's literally like doing this like chore, but hiding. hiding. Like, yeah. like yeah. in the wine press is not where you'd thresh wheat. Like, yeah. There's a whole. I mean, there's a whole context of like this time periods like agricultural stuff mm-hmm. that we don't really need to get yeah. into. But yeah. just know that but that's it's a wine the very press, wrong. Which you place, make wine in, yeah. Very wrong place to be doing that. <laughs> Yeah. So he's a scaredy cat, but the angel calls him the mighty man of valor. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, and I think, um, and it says Gideon's name is Overcomer. So even with that name, he still <laughs> had a lot of fear, you know. <laughs> Got to give him that name. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, and so he expresses a lot of those doubts, right, even to the angel. He's like, are you sure? Where's God? Like, I haven't seen him, right? I haven't um, experienced him in a while. And, and it was the same with a lot of those Israelites. They had turned their back on God. And um, so over and over, he, even though God shows up, it's like, hey, Gideon, do this for me. Um, he still had to doubt and test God to just double check, right? Um, so yeah. he was called to so, so much. Like, God used someone that was just your average Joe, you know, like yeah. someone who's hiding. But God really, like, sees the best in each one of us Lord, mm-hmm. and has, like, a purpose um, and a plan for us. Um, and so I think that is just really cool to look at as we start off. Who is Gideon? Um, and what God called him to do. Um, was there any other things like a fear that you guys noticed or that stood out to you? Yeah. Uh, so like for me, I always thought this cr- this story was crazy. Uh, so at the end of, wh- of uh, what Brett was recapping for us, the, after the Midianites are defeated, they build that ephod. And um, the thing about the ephod is like it was supposed to be like this uh, – like thing that priests wore, like it wasn't supposed to be this big, the- uh, this big deal. It was just a kind of like a, a ceremony, like it marked the priest, but it wasn't uh, like really for Gideon to to have. Um, and there's literally a line in there about what happens when they make an ephod out of gold, and it's it says that um, all of Israel. Uh, it became a snare to Gideon and his family, and all of mm-hmm. Israel was like just obsessed with this. Yeah. And almost started worshiping the ephod mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. And and so even after all of these things, like you saw Gideon have to test God multiple times because he wasn't quite, like he was anxious about what God was asking him to do. He was afraid of what God was asking him to do. Mm-hmm. He does does it, yeah. defeats mm-hmm. literally defeats this like oppressive like force that had been like destroying Israel for like years. Seven years, yeah. And then turns down ruling, but there's a little bit of like that fear, I imagine, it doesn't say this, but like I'm imagining, he's like, "Well, am I not important anymore? Like now that this is done." Yeah. And so I feel mm-hmm. like the the heart behind him melt, taking all the gold earrings and whatever, tons of gold, melted down and and formed into this garment that he could wear and kind of like make himself feel special because he was like 
anxious. He's afraid of like, what, what am I not? Am I not enough? Like Mm -hmm. God did those things, but he still had that, like that inner sight, that reminder. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. And so Mm -hmm. I always thought that was an interesting part of his story of like, yeah, all of these crazy stuff happened. And I feel like we can relate to that too. Like we've, we've all probably Mm -hmm. experienced God in some way, shape or form, but we still, there's that, the idea of like, but what have I done? Like, mm-hmm. you, like you uh-huh. want to feel like you did yeah. something, yeah. Uh, or are are known for something, or are recognized for something. And so, yeah. I feel like that's a real relatable part of Gideon's story. Like, yeah. we probably all haven't defeated Midianites, <laughs> uh, or, or like <laughs> led an army, led an but army yeah. of three hundred people, or uh-huh. whatever. But like, I feel like we've all had God like work through us, and then felt like I I want a little bit of credit too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also saw it as like you know he they were like, hey, be, be our ruler. And he's like, no, God, God is going to be the ruler. And I think so often, you know, there there's, but he still had that ephod that he still built that thing. So like, he's like, yeah, God's going to rule over, but we still kind of hold on to that, mm-hmm. that thing. That's like, I, God, you can ha- surrender. I surrender everything else, but like, let me keep this. Or this, this, for me. Yeah. this is for me, you know? And so, so often it's like, are we fully surrendering? Like knowing that there's going to be suffering, that there's fear and anxiety it's like are we still surrendering and trusting his plan his purpose like he used Gideon for his glory right he defeated the armies and he made it so clear with the 300 men that it was the Lord it wasn't Gideon um and so how often are we missing that in our own lives like Mm -hmm. you know how often are we missing like God has done this and it's not by our own doing and but also sometimes we want to hold on to that you know Mm -hmm. like God you can have everything else but let me keep this gold thing so I can remember what I've done and you know um have that tangible so yeah 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 Yeah. well I think like you said I mean to wrap this up I think it's like I know in my life like it is so easy to 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 not like just to want that that like satisfaction of like this was also me like yes it is God but it's me like I I mean there I I I don't think I've ever given something 100% to the Lord and that's just the honesty you know I think it's it is so hard um from the physical things from even like making money like working like this is my money like giving 10% of the mm-hmm. church i think like there's a lot of things like that um and applicable things to to students um you guys um and my life as well that it's just hard to to surrender to the lord like alana said mm-hmm. um like surrendering to him is is a, is i think it's a gradual step and i think we some, something that we work towards um like till we die um i think there's growth in do, surrendering, um, and I mean, I, even when we look at Gideon, like yes, he died in a peaceful way, but he still held on to that that thing till he died. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that we need to keep. That we know that like it's something that we will always chase, um, but it's something that can is very hard to attain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, acknowledging those idols in our lives, mm-hmm. like so often yeah. Israel has turned back to those idols. Yeah. Um, and I think it it's not you might not be statues and gold things for us, but it might be like sports, it might be grades, like there might be things that we're putting our identity in or that we're chasing and um, aren't fulfilling. Um, some of those are great things, but um, yeah, I think acknowledging that like if we ask God, will like increase our faith, like He will give us opportunities. Yeah. Um, to to grow in that and and as we wrap up just who Gideon is we'll be talking next week a little bit more about fearing and anxiety in our own lives and um, comparing that to Gideon's story and so um, yeah so we're excited to dive into that and um, if you guys have any questions after this feel free to reach out to us Um, we'd love to add it in for next week Um, but yeah that's all we got yeah great and uh not only is the character study new, we have a new segment. We're oh getting a little tired of doing fan, uh, drafts of different things. And so uh, we thought we'd do one. It's a little quicker, a little different. And so this week's new segment is called Hypothetically. 
where we'll just lay out a hypothetical question <laughs> and then we'll each give an answer to it. And then if you feel like you don't like our answers or you have a better answer, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. But this uh, this hypothetical question, we did not come up with ourselves. Uh, we saw it on Twitter. We did. And uh, I love Twitter. Great. I great think that makes me an old great man, but it's fine. I'm not a TikToker. I'm a twitter er, er. Uh Anyway, so hypothetically, if your significant other was kidnapped and it was a 30-minute drive to go get them, are you riding in silence and or are you listening to something on the, on the, in the car on the way over there? And if you are listening to something, what are you listening to? So that's the hypothetical question. That's a good question. Uh, a very good question. Yeah, so for... Um, I mean, I'll answer because yeah, yeah. you, you, you can start. I feel you great about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would definitely not ride in silence over there. Uh, <laughs> you're just driving by yourself, 30 minutes. You're trying to like imagine. You have to go like I'm imagining. This isn't laid out, but this is in my own version of this hypothetical. I'm imagining a, a time where I am like I'm going to have to go like fight somebody, like Liam Neeson. I have a very yeah. special set of skills, and I'm like going to save Megan or whatever. So I got to get pumped up. And so what I'm listening to is probably, like, either some, like, big, like, rap, some rap song that I know all the words to. So I feel like knowing the words to a rap yeah. song makes you feel like you're, like, you're, Empowered. like, you get yeah. jacked up. <laughs> it's either that or I'm listening to Mr. Brightside mm. on a loop because <laughs> that's just got one of those choruses you can just scream. Yeah. And I feel like just, I'd probably tire myself out, honestly, for 30 minutes mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. But. I didn't need to jack myself up, so that's what I'll be listening to. Uh, what about you guys? Wow. Well, <laughs> you riding I, in silence? I think no. I 100% agree with you that I'm listening to music. Um, one, like I said, I think the thing first things that come through my mind is like, yeah, am I gonna have to like some karate chop some people? Like, am I am I like breaking her out of something? Is like, mm. is she like tied? Or are you just like down? picking her up? Or am I just like, hey, like. You know, like what what is happening? But in, in the, in the context, yeah, but we're not worried about that part of it yet. I'm just those the drive over. You're bringing your trumpets and your jars. Just kidding. Yeah, bring your trumpets and <laughs> jars. Like, it. no, but I'm definitely listening to music. And I mean, I didn't make like 200 plus song playlists on Spotify to not listen to music. <laughs> Do you have a Madeline got kidnapped playlist? I don't have Madeline got kidnapped, but I have one that I think. It's like you should make one. <laughs> I, honestly, what am I doing? Why am I not making one? Madeline, if you're listening, I'm going to make a playlist that's called Madeline Got Kidnapped. Out of context. But, yeah, right. I, th I have a playlist. And I think, I don't know, I think they're just, it is literally called Bops. And it's 263 songs, like 12 oh at plus hours. And I think 30 minutes is like, you're not listening to just one song. I mean, no. you could on repeat, yeah. like Nick said. That's what oh, I'm doing. I'm, I'm hitting shuffle, and I'm just, like, Hannah Montana's in there, like, some Taylor Swift. Like, I am just vibing. Just letting, letting like, the... Windows the, down. Yeah. I'm both hands out, both I mean, I guess that definitely isn't possible. I mean, you really have to Stop by there. Taco Bell, cacao. Stop You're stopping by <laughs> on your drive. <laughs> I'm not stopping. We'll stop on the way back. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like a victory. Like, yeah. hey, I got yeah. you. Like, yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. to Taco Bell. But I am listening to my Bops playlist. Nice. 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 Yes. What about you, Lana? Uh, this is a funny one. I think I said this joke earlier, but I don't have a significant other, so I'd probably be like, hey, <laughs> Wrong joke, joke's on you, <laughs> and I hang up. <laughs> so, oh, no. I got prank called. You know? Okay, but in the okay, hypothetical in scenario. Hypothetical, I do have a significant other. Um, part of me, gosh, I feel like it depends on the scenario, the context. Part of me wants to like listen to the final countdown on the way. Yeah. <laughs> like something hype, and it's that's like over and over. Um, I don't know if that's too morbid, but... Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how much time is left? Could be the countdown? final countdown for them that's before true. you get there. And, yeah, that's true. Fight them. Um, but I think I would listen, like like Nick said, something that's like, I can just scream at the top of my lungs. Yeah. Something that, you know, powers up. Something I'd play, like, a sport, you know, before you go out in a mm-hmm, game, you get yeah. that pumped up music, yeah. and you're just like, you're ready to, you know, take someone <laughs> out. I feel like that's what I would need. Yeah. Because I feel like the other direction you could go is something really sad. Yeah. You're just like preparing for like I, who am I beating up? Because like in reality, like I don't know. I'm, I don't. I feel like I'm not rolling in there. Like I'm not. I'm not Liam Neeson. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But there yeah. you go. That's a good question. That was our hypothetical situation for this week. We're gonna try to bring some different new segments here at the end because we're a little bit tired of doing yeah. drafts. But, yeah, but maybe we'll bring back the drafts at yeah. some point. Let us know your what you would yeah. do on this. If you could drive, <laughs> your, your, Let us know. your yeah. scenario. Maybe a bike, you know, whatever you put oh, your AirPods yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Man. Hit that radio <laughs> yeah. in the car. Well, that's all we have for this week's episode of the SM Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Let us know what you would have done in this hypothetical situation. We'll see you next week where we're, like Alana said, going to dive into the topic of fear and anxiety that we saw in Gideon's story a little bit more and maybe have another fun new segment. Until then, see ya. Peace. Peace.